We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the NBA front office show. We're starting off a new week and starting off with a little bit of drama involving my team, the Purple and Gold, the Lakers. Uh, so obviously, I'm back in studio today. Those podcast listeners can probably hear it in the in the mic quality difference, but uh, YouTube viewers can see I am no longer at my in-laws' house. Uh, Keith, my day, I, I've slept for about an hour. I had a, a 5 a.m. flight which meant I had to get to the airport at like three. I'm not the type that goes to bed before like one or two in the morning on a typical night. So I slept for about an hour, multiple flights to get back home. I get back. I sit down on my couch. I've been home for about a half an hour and I'm just starting to shut my eyes and boom, phone <laughs> starts blowing up and suddenly Kyrie is trying to convince LeBron to join him in Dallas, I still get excited about all this kind of stuff and getting into all the news and everything, but I could have done with some better timing on this one. Yeah, that, that could have broke like after lunch or something, yes. right? And like, after, you get a, after a nice a long nap. nap. Yeah, it's a uh, man. Well, at least you could say you're in training, right? For the off season, you're, there you're, you're getting you're ready, right? That's what it is. The, those short nights of sleep with uh with with uh the in this case the, the what do they call them? Shams Wows? Is that that what they've yeah. all decided? Jim Wow. So yeah, they get 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 you going, right? You 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 see it. I was I was actually sitting in a uh, coffee shop working this morning when it came through and I was like, wait, what? And that and it was funny because had I not seen it on Tweet Deck where like I have my list so I know like right. it's legit shop, I would have been like, All right, somebody's pulling some nonsense here and a bunch of people are getting tricked already this morning. Right. And but they legit Shams. So just to kind of re rehash, it was Shams and then Chris Haynes right on top, which tells you they both probably got the same message almost mm -hmm. right away. Um, but Shams report was Kyrie Irving has reached out to Lakers star LeBron James in attempts to see if James would come to Dallas. Irving is a free agent this offseason. When I first read it, I was like, okay, about going back to Lakers. And I was like, whoa, wait. Uh, LeBron, someone who'd be moving here. And then Chris Haynes on top of that was um, he had a, a whole article about it. And there's some stuff that's a little weird in there that I'm sure we'll get into mm -hmm. um, as, as we go, but there's just a lot of, um, you know, interesting stuff kind of going on um, with, with this one, which is, uh, you know, obviously, you know, anytime it's this team, these players where well, we're going to lead the show with it. So 
there's obviously a lot to, to consider here. Lakers fans, immediate reaction was, oh, cool. Then Luca for LeBron, right? And that's <laughs> obviously the Mavs aren't going to do that. They'd be crazy to, to do something like trade a 24 year old for a 38 year old. But it does kind of underscore the point of they don't have anything else to trade, right? It's yeah. at least nothing else that's LeBron caliber. I do think they're going to make a trade. They're going to trade the 10th pick and they're going to trade something. Yeah. And they're gonna they're gonna make a move, but that's not a LeBron move, right? That's a that's a hey, we're gonna go get a rotation player type type move. So I do think the Mavs are gonna make some kind of a move, and we know that Kyrie wants them to to make a move, wants them to do something to improve this roster, to make them better, to no longer be a lottery team, which is what they were um, this past year. Part of that though was due to their own decision making, right? They chose to made sure that they were in the lottery, and then they you know they got the the good fortune of not losing their draft pick. Um, but there was, like you said, there were some weird things in there, some things that were not typical of Chris Haynes, like the bit mm-hmm. about the Mavs were preparing an offer to the Lakers for LeBron James while things were going poorly for L.A. And then once they made those moves at the trade deadline and things started to turn around that they didn't follow through with it or something, which we've talked about a bunch on this show. LeBron was not trade eligible, even if LeBron went to the Lakers and he kicked in Jeannie Buss's door and he said, trade me now. The Lakers, there's nothing they could do. So the Mavs certainly know that. The Mavs are, mm-hmm. are, are, are an intelligent front office. They're aware of this. So there must be another purpose behind putting out this sort of message. And this is something that you and I talk about all the time, Keith, that when you get this kind of news, you have to kind of read between the lines and really think about who benefits in this situation. I think that's where a lot of people are right now, though, trying to figure out where is this coming from and why would anyone put this out there? Yeah, definitely not coming from the Lakers. I think we can no. say that free and clear. There's the only way this would come from the Lakers if they were like, yeah, we want out of the LeBron business. And that's not a thing, right? Like that, mm-hmm. that doesn't seem like a thing that they, they want to do or should even uh, remotely consider. So, so I think, you know, my guess is just given the nature that it was uh, two top tier reporters right on top of each other, this is probably coming from the Kyrie Irving camp. And maybe mm-hmm. the Dallas camp is kind of we're interested. Like if you know if we can make it happen, you know, we're interested. But I mean, that's like me saying I'm interested in you know eating a cookie if there's cookies on the counter. Like, yeah, it's LeBron James. Of course you're interested if you can make it happen. Right. I don't I don't care if he's 38 years old or he's 28 mm-hmm. years old or you know, 48 years old. We're probably still gonna be interested in trading for LeBron James. So my guess is this started with the Kyrie camp. We know both Shams and Chris have gotten uh, uh, stuff from Kyrie's group in the past direct. And, and when you say Kyrie's group, it's generally him. And I have no problem saying him because he said it himself, right? We, we mm-hmm. I think, talked that only a couple of weeks ago when he said, look, if you hear anything, it's going to be from me directly. So I'm going to assume this came from him directly. As far as the trade stuff goes, you know, I initially took that as like, Hey, if everything falls apart, they don't make the playoffs. We're going to try to make an offer after the season. Some other people took that to mean in season, which like you just said, and we said, I don't know, more times than I can remember. Right. We, we had a dollar for every time we'd be, uh, you know, in the penthouse suite in Vegas. I think um, that LeBron James is not, uh, you know, trade eligible. So that, that was where I kind of took it, but I've seen now some of that reporting has been deleted. So I, I don't know. I don't know where to go, you know, with, with all that. I don't know if that was a, a misreport or, you know, whatever it was, I'm, I'm not sure, but yeah, I mean, I guess ultimately when I, when we get down to it, right? Like you said, 
it's not going to be Luca. I mean, just you know, full no. stop. It's not going to be Luca. So then that even means, the Haynes piece said the goal was to put the three of them right. together. Yeah, right. So yeah, honestly, the Mavs would probably be more likely to trade Kyrie for LeBron in a sign and trade mm-hmm. and keep Luca and LeBron together than they would be, which would be absolutely hilarious. So hey, thanks for putting this into the world. Let's make it happen. The Lakers probably <laughs> would not do that, but no. um, but anyway, so that leaves a package of stuff, and in reality. That stuff's not very good, right? That That's the challenge. It's not like Dallas is sitting on two or three kind of B-plus assets that they could then put together with a bunch of draft picks and call it good. They're not even sitting on a bunch of draft picks. They're at most can trade this year's pick, which that would take a whole bunch of finagling to even try to figure out how to set that up. And then they could trade two other picks because they owe a pick to New York already. Mm-hmm. And they owe their 2029 pick to Brooklyn from the Kyrie trade. So they're really prohibited in what they could do. They could do swaps in between that. That could happen. That could be a thing, but that's, you know, the value of that is, you know, where, where are we going? Right. With a swap, you have to be fairly confident, which maybe you could be if you're the Lakers, if, if they could get you there of like, mm-hmm. well, LeBron will retire. It'll all fall apart. Luca will leave. And those swaps will be as good as getting a really great pick from them. But I, I, don't, I don't know. I just don't see any kind of logical match here that makes any remote sense from, from the Lakers side of this. There's a million ways to put it together from the Dallas side. That makes sense. Of course there are, but not from the Lakers. So let me let me present a little theory to you that I've called this an educated uh, opinion here Um, that part of this might be a little bit of, like you said, the Mavs and the Kyrie side pushing back at the big picture concept that the Lakers can just go get anybody that they want. Right. Like a like it's like if you're trying to make a trade in, in fantasy. Right. And you've got. You know, somebody shoots you over a low ball offer and then you respond by, you know, they send you three mediocre guys for their, for, for your best guy. Right. And so then you respond by sending back like your three bench guys for their top guy. (laughs) Right. Saying like, no, 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 it's not, that's not how this goes. That this could be in some way say like trying to, I don't want to say the word embarrass the Lakers. But try to put out there like, like, well, why do we just assume that Kyrie is going to want to go to the Lakers? Why, why wouldn't LeBron just want to go to Dallas and just sure. trying to kind of stir the pot by putting yeah. that sort of thing out there? Absolutely. I mean, you you could have a you know a component of that for sure, where it is like, hey, we're not taking back your. Hey, I don't want to call it this this because it's not that, but we're not taking back your junk for Kyrie, yeah. right? Like we're not doing that. And obviously it's not junk and there's good players that would have to. Correct. I was given the extreme example, not, yes. yeah, not, not saying like a deal, not saying D'Angelo Russell is like an end sure. of the bench guy. And but, a, yeah, that was my intention there, but it'd be, you're, you're giving me a whole bunch of, you know, I don't even know if they're quarters, but you know, sure. quarters and dimes for, you know, a dollar or, you know, $2 piece here, right? Like, like I, I'm not interested in doing that if I'm Dallas. Um, now, I mean, I, you know, full disclosure, I did text you and said something along the lines of, you'll take Davis Bertans, right. Tim Hardaway Jr. and Josh Green, and you'll like it. Because it's kind of like, it would have, that almost That's, all, that's all that it is, right? yeah. The package, and then, then you're, you're trying to plus it up with picks, but 
you're, you're kind of like, I don't even know if those picks are enough. So this screams to me of, you know, hey, let's see. Maybe, you know, maybe, you know, sometimes the way to make stuff start happening is to put it out in the world, right? And maybe that's it. And, you know, I've already seen people like, what if it was a three-team deal that involved, you know, Portland and Damian Lillard went to the Lakers and it's like now we're just you know now we're off in fantasy land because why is Portland any more yeah. interested in that package of junk than you know the the yeah and that is junk I mean no offense meant to those guys but you know none of those guys those guys are guys that Dallas would love to get off those contracts so yeah it just I, I don't get it you know I don't I don't see any way this you know remotely makes sense and you know this is one where uh you know, if this came out in two weeks, I'd be like, yep, NBA finals are over and we're full on an off season nonsense time. And, you know, but here, here we are June 5th. Uh, and we, we just spent, you know, 10 plus minutes on, on it. Cause you know, that that's, you know, where it is when it's names this big and teams this big, it, it is a story. Let me, one last bit to kind of support my, again, educated theory about where some of this might be. Um, Haynes mentioning that the best path may be LeBron getting bought out by like that. That's again, that's almost, it's just kind of like taking a little extra shot at the, like, it's like when Mark Cuban back in the day suggested the Lakers should amnesty Kobe. (laughs) Doesn't it kind of feel like that a little bit? Like, Hey, Hey, you should, the Lakers went to the Western conference finals. The Mavs were, were a lottery team. I, I know the West was super compact. I don't think that's necessarily indicative of how far apart those two teams are in terms of their overall quality, but that's not typically the way that you see a buyout going, right? The team that just got to the finals isn't turning around and buying out their star players so they can go sign on with a with what was a lottery team. So just a little bit extra there that they kind of wonder how much of that is just trying to, you know, stick it to the Lakers a little bit. And you'd be buying them out on an extension that hasn't even technically started yet. Right. It doesn't even start until July 1st. So like, that's just, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I mean, that's the whole stuff around, you know, what if LeBron just up and retired kind of, yeah. kind of thing you know, where it's like the opposite of, you know, the Laker fans who are like, well, he just take a buyout just to give the Lakers cap, you know, freedom in, in that it's a, it's the same thing. He's not doing a buyout. Like, what, no. you know, I, that, that, you know, I, I, I mean, I guess the NBA shocks me all of the time. Yeah. <laughs> Crazy stuff. And every time I'm like, this will never happen. Something ends up happening. But I feel pretty confident in saying this is never going to happen. No, no, it's, it's not. And that's that's even dollars next year. Exactly. Like, 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 I mean, God, like what, you know, what kind of bio would even have to take? Well, like, you know, for because if I'm the Lakers, I'd be like, cool, we'll buy you out. Give it. All back. All back. Yeah. Right. Every single dime of it. And even then, I'd probably still be like, no, because if I'm the Lakers, the minute that extension starts, I'm just going to trade you. If I, yeah. if I really, if you don't want to be here and I want to be out of the business, a buyout's not going to do enough for me. It's not going to create no. enough flexibility. I'm just going to move you in a trade. And guess what? I hope you like Charlotte or Orlando or Minnesota because I'm not going to remotely entertain where you want to be. I'm just going to well, send you there. He does have a player option next summer, so he could sure. just pull the whole, well, I'm not right. going to stay with you. And, you know, Dude. and that sort of thing. But I mean, still, if, if, if you got Lakers, a, if you I don't care. Right? Oh, yeah. Like, if, you know, I don't, you know, let some other team make that decision it, if they want to, right? Like, if you're a later. team that, that struggles to sell tickets in any way and you get yeah. a Euro LeBron, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, yeah. that'll do it. Yeah. 
Yeah, to do. Yeah, um, I mean, and nothing against those te- those cities and those teams. No, of course like, not. I'm not sending them anywhere he wants to go. Like I'm I'm going out and finding the best deal I want. And see you later. Too bad on you. Like you know, and if they're still willing to make the deal, knowing you may opt out or you may just retire and call it quits, then that's on them. I'm not dealing with it. So yeah, I, I guess this is just one where. I mean, this is just crazy, right? And it's, you know, mm-hmm. the, I mean, I'll go back to what I said before. I mean, yeah, if there's, you know, cookies out there, I want to eat those cookies. So, you know, let's, let's move on. I, I don't know. I, you know, great. Kyrie wants to play with LeBron. Cool. You know, I mean, right. I'm sure, I'm sure, you know, 28 other teams have guys who would like to play with them too. You know, or 29, including the Lakers, right? Because there's guys there sure. who would like to keep playing with them. So I still tend to think it's funny I was asked this because this came out and then I did a radio spot shortly after. And it, the question they asked me is, what's more likely, LeBron to Dallas or Kyrie to L.A.? It's Kyrie to L.A. like a hundred times over. I mm-hmm. Just because there's more ways the Lakers can make that work for Dallas than there are ways Dallas can make it work for the Lakers. Yeah. Yep. I agree with all of that. And no, I agree. I don't think either one's happening. I've talked all about why Kyrie to LA is extremely unlikely to happen. And this is even less likely to happen that LeBron goes to Dallas. Now, if he wants to, if he really does want to go there, 2024 player option, he could sign with Dallas, take whatever contract they can offer him and, and go that route. I don't see a way that's happening before then. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. And I, I, yeah. I don't even think that's going to be, be a thing either. Right. I, no. I think, uh, you know, I, oh, I just, no. I don't know. I just think he finishes his career with the Lakers or wherever Bronny gets drafted. Like that's, that, that would, those would be like co-favorites on the board for me is, you know, where, wherever it is, including, I think he'll put pressure on the Lakers to, to go get draft Bronny. Yeah. Can, right. Like that'll be, be the push. And, you know, if he keeps getting better, it's not like it's you know, going to be an no. absolutely horrible. Pick. I mean, it's all dependent, right? Like right. we're getting a little far afield there, but, but yeah, I, I think Lakers are Bronny's team or, you know, maybe it's the same team and, you know, off we go. But. Keith, this is something that, and it would, it would depend on what Bronny's draft stock ultimately is. And again, this isn't a conversation we have to, or even have time to get into right <laughs> now, but I've often posed the question, how high does Bronny get drafted if the team drafting him knows you get LeBron for one season? If it's it's LeBron says, I'm going to play one more season and it's going to be wherever Bronny plays, how high up does that push Bronny's draft stock? I think that would be fascinating. Yeah, yeah. And that, that, you know what, that's a conversation we'll obviously definitely have like a year from now. Right when it looks like he, you know, could be coming out of mm-hmm. school and, and entering the league. But yeah, to your point, to that point, I still have. I think I'm at 28 more players that I really want to do in depth film watches on uh, for this year's draft class. So we'll worry about 2024. We'll <laughs> yeah, uh, the clock is ticking for us to get through those. <laughs> yeah. um, I've started my my. I know I'm not going to get through nearly as many as you do, but I'm I'm getting fairly familiar with this draft class. I, I was working on it on the plane. Um, all right. Let's move on. Adam Silver says expansion makes sense over time. Uh, yeah, I mean, we've talked about this, um, saying that at the right time, they'll turn to expansion. They've got to finish everything with the new collective bargaining agreement and the new media rights uh, packages, all that sort of stuff. they got to figure out all that first. Then they're going to start looking to expansion. Again, Keith, it's, just, it's come up so often in the last, what, year, two years? It's going to happen. There are some other hurdles they have to clear first, but it's going to happen. We're going to see, and we've talked about it a bunch on the show, expansion is coming to the NBA 
it's just a matter of of when and they're going to have to get through as we said they're, they're going to finish up the cba figure out the tv rights deal and then they'll turn to expansion and then my expectation is unless something drastic changes it'll be it'll be uh las vegas and seattle getting teams so I'm going to go a step further listening to these comments and you can find them. It's on the um, NBA TV uh, mm-hmm. Twitter uh, handle. They, they, they tweeted out the whole uh, section where they talked about expansion and it was a question by, by Shaq. Um, now, whether it was fed to him or he wanted to ask about it, we, you know, we'll never probably know, but, but when he asked the question, you know, Adam Silver, exactly what you said, he's like, we had to finish collective bargaining agreement. Next up is the meteorites deal. And then basically left it to then we'll turn to expansion. And this is without him directly coming out and saying we are expanding. Like he's basically said it. We're I'm with you. Yeah. Seattle and Las Vegas are getting teams. I'm going to go a step further. I think we might see four teams Ooh. come in. Maybe not all at once. Um, now, this is going to show how very old I am. But when the Magic, Timberwolves, Heat, and original Hornets came in the league, they came in two one year and then two mm-hmm. the next year. That that could be the way they do it just to avoid four new teams all at once is a lot. That's there'd be a lot for teams to kind of have to handle through an expansion draft. That's those teams are very likely to be bad. Um, so that's just, you know, but I think what the NBA is going to do, I think they are going to look at it and say, all right, we got to get in the Seattle and Vegas markets. We're now fourth teams in, mm-hmm. in both of those markets by the time these teams, because they, I believe we're probably sometime in the next three years out from, hearing that word expansion is happening. And then it's probably two full seasons after that, that we'd actually see teams um, come in place. And by then the A's will have moved to Las Vegas and Seattle already has their other three teams. So they're going to be fourth, but those are the two marks that makes the most sense. But then if they want to come in and kind of own the professional sports market in a place like Louisville, um, has been a, talked about if they wanted to go hmm. back in like Vancouver or something like that, you yeah. know, you could do that. And I, I think, I think that may actually be on the table because I think they're going to have beyond Seattle and Las Vegas. I think they're going to have cities that are like, Hey, what, what's it called? Oh, it's, you know, 800 million. It's a billion dollars to, to buy an expansion team right now. It's $2 billion. Okay, let's go. Like we're in. And that's just, you know, at that point it starts to become hard to say, all right, let's hold on. Let, let's wait. So I, I think we're going to get, I think they may be the, the first teams to go because baseball and NHL have both already said they're probably going to expand again yeah. um, here in the coming years. And that would take the NHL into you know more teams. Now they've got a little bit of a different foothold because they can go to a couple other places in Canada that they've talked about um, going to. But, you know, in general, I think you know, let's let's own, try to own some cities if you're the NBA because they do very, very well in places like Portland, San Antonio, Orlando, where they're yeah. kind of the only game in town um, right. for the big four professional sports like that. That is. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. 
Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's pretty huge. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Well, but then you've got, you know, Memphis, Oklahoma City, you know, whether they do, they do, okay, depending on how the, you know, the quality of the team is. Um, but that, that makes me wonder, you know, do we see, like, I think Seattle and Las Vegas are locks, are as close to locks as you can be at this stage of the discussion. Um, do you get one, if there's four, do you get one international team? To dip your toe in the water. Yeah, it's. I mean, and, and it's, non non Canada international. Team. Let me I was going to say because yeah. we already have Toronto. You know, yeah. like, I wouldn't count if they went to Vancouver. I wouldn't consider. I'm talking about go to Mexico to City or, or something like that. Yeah, to recycle a very cheap Simpsons joke. That's just America Junior. America Junior. You know, like, like <laughs> that's you know, like the, that's America Junior. So so yeah, we can go. But yeah, I mean, I'm with you on that one. Mexico City, maybe right because it's it's at least in the same hemisphere. It's right there. I think, you know, I think they would love to do something in Europe. Travel to Europe is getting better. I, I still, I don't know that we're quite there yet. Like, I, I think what is more likely to happen is, I think we could get down the line where if the NBA can continue to grow big enough, maybe what they do is rather than go to 34 here in North America, maybe what they do is they start like some form of like European division. Where it's like, hey, we're you know what? We've got some owners who would you know, love to break in, and you know we'll we'll put a you know team in London, a team in Paris, a team in wherever. Kind of kind of almost like what they try to do with that world football, world league football, or mm-hmm. whatever it was. Like, I mean, people now are like, how old is this guy? <laughs> like, you know, it's but it's um, but yeah, I I think it's like I it, that I think could be maybe a way. I mean, they're clearly pushing further and doing more um, in Europe than, than they have done before. And I think, you know, that, but yeah, if they're going to go anywhere internationally, that's not a Canadian city, I think Mexico city's probably first, just they've already got the G league team there. And they've openly said the G league team is a proof of concept, right? It's like, yeah. let's see, can we make it work? You know, here, can, can, there's a lot of logistics that we have to, you know, handle to make sure this can be a workable thing to have a professional team in Mexico City. Let's see how it works through the G League. And, you know, so far, so good. So, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see. But, yeah, I think definitely expansion's coming. It's, you know, I will be shocked if it's not Seattle and Las Vegas at this yeah. point, um, if they only go two. And then that probably moves, you know, Minnesota or Memphis to the east. Um, it does only need to be one because I would – that would be enough to rebalance the two conferences or we just kind of do full on conference division realignment and everything looks different anyway. We'll see what that looks like at the time. But I mean, this is probably five years down the line, but you know, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see. I, I do think it's coming. 
Yeah, uh, agreed. I think it's coming. And uh, the more we hear about it from Adam Silver, the more it sounds like that is indeed yeah. happening. Uh, teams started to fill out their coaching staff. So we saw... Yeah, they- um, we saw a lot of assistant coach positions uh, get get snagged here. Uh, there's been a number of we saw Sam Cassell go to your Boston Celtics. What what are your thoughts on like obviously there were a bunch of them. Are there any that like jump out to you where you say okay this is a real like difference maker? We need to talk about this one. Yeah, I think the Cassell to Boston one is huge because they needed uh-huh. a former player on that staff badly, um, just to just to be kind of that link to the guys. He's somebody who's very highly regarded from his experience as a player. It sounds like he's done well um, as an assistant and in those interviews where he's gotten a shot at top jobs before. So I think people are very excited. There's also a lot of fond memories of Sam Cassell because he was part of the 2008 title team, and you know he kind of he was one of the guys that a lot of people felt like came in and kind of gave that team that you know jolt that they needed at sure. the end of the season and had a couple big games in that playoff run so you know that that's a big part of it too so i think that's huge i think steven silas to um detroit you know yeah to work with monty williams you know and that's not one where it's you know if you're steven silas you're not popping in there with the hopes of oh maybe he gets fired and i'll be the top guy to move overseas because monty just got that you know six to maybe eight years in length long contract that you know, every time a new number comes out, it's like, you know, pretty soon it'll be Monty Williams is getting paid, you know, a hundred million dollars a year is what it's you know, starting to feel like um, with those numbers. But that, that was a good one. But, you know, I, I think Kevin Young sticking in Phoenix is good. That gives Frank Vogel a little uh, continuity on the staff um, there. So uh, James Borrego to the Pelicans is, is also, you know, a nice hire uh, for them. So yeah, we're starting to see, you know, some big names kind of mm. come off the board um, and fill out some of these staffs. I think we're starting to see some guys who probably had hopes of getting another head coach job yes. hit the point where they're saying, okay, I can't be out of the league another year. Let me get back in somewhere and then I'll kind of see if I can rebuild my stock. Like, uh, like Terry Stotts to Milwaukee. Um, yep. that, that's another example, one where uh, he's got an opportunity now to get back in with Milwaukee. If they have a resurgence, if he's doing well there, he probably gets brought up next summer in head coaching positions. Maybe it takes two years, something like that. But um, that's sometimes what needs to happen. Look at uh, Jason Kidd was an example, right? Where he, he goes to the Lakers for a little bit. They do well. He gets a head coaching opportunity with the, with the Dallas Mavericks. Mm-hmm. This is just kind of the way of, of the world in the NBA coaching circle. Like at some point, you, you're kind of, you're waiting, you're holding out for that head coaching job. And then at some point, you don't want to be forgotten about, right? And so yeah. you got to get back into the mix, even if it means taking an assistant job somewhere. Yeah, it's either you take an assistant job, a front office job, or you do TV where you're there, yeah, kind of front of mind all the time um, with that. So, yeah, you can take everybody, anybody can take a year off. It's after that one year off is where it starts to go a little sideways. Just one other thing on coaching stuff since we're kind of on the topic. Uh, Woge reported Monty Williams contract shocking right and we said there's probably a whole bunch of coaches who are very happy to see that deal but mm-hmm. going to significantly impact steve kerr eric spolster ty Lu, who are all reportedly up for new deals soon-ish mm-hmm. um so those guys are probably all gonna make a lot of money i imagine pop is that's a little bit of a different one because pop could just be like yeah just give me whatever and we're good right like he's been there so long that's a different story but yeah. you know just interesting and he yeah i will note he didn't say he expects any of them to leave um where they're at out of kerr Spol- and Lou, but just you know, they're probably all going to get paid. Um, significant, not a coach thing, um, but on the front office side, I don't think we had this on there. But the Clippers promoted Trent Redden and Mark Hughes, um, two guys there. Michael Winger took over uh, the Wizards front 
the top front office job hired Travis Schlenk. Um, but now the Clippers are bringing in, they're promoting two of their guys, but bumping them up basically a chair each um, into the GM and assistant GM role uh, for those two guys. So, you know, well-earned for them. Yeah, absolutely. So a lot of this stuff, you know, it's behind the scenes type stuff, but these things matter. These things yeah. matter around the NBA as we, as we see guys get different roles and, and things like yep. that. Um, and they can make a big difference on, particularly when we look at coaching staffs, when we look at front office decisions and, and all of that. So, um, yep. always interesting to keep it, keep tabs on kind of where everybody's going and, um, yeah, all of that. Look, can I do a quick aside on this? Yeah. Cause someone asked Absolutely. this, it, it was, it was either in one of our uh, front office Friday shows and we didn't get to it or they asked it in the, the comments on a thing. And I don't remember, but they're asking like, you know, what is terms like associate head coach, assistant oh, yeah. head coach? Oh, uh, so What's happened in the NBA is no different than a lot of other businesses. There's title inflation. And part of what happens, part of the reason some of these jobs started coming to be was it would be, all right, I want to hire Trevor, who's the mm -hmm. assistant coach for the Lakers, and I want to bring him over here. But the Lakers aren't going to let him go. His contract says he can't just leave for another assistant coach job. Yeah, so I'm going to call him the associate head coach, which is a you know, whole bump in title and pay and responsibilities. And that's how you get them, even though in reality, an you're an assistant coach, right? Yeah. So, so that's kind of what's happened there. It's happened in the front office too, right? The NBA you and I grew up on, everybody was a GM, right? And now it's, mm -hmm. The GM might be the third in charge guy in a front office. You might have a, a president of basketball operations, right. a VP, and now the, then the general manager. Um, so the, this is just, it's just been title inflation kind of all over the place in the, in the league. It's all, you know, that's why I tend to kind of be like, I still call him head coach and assistant coach. And in the front office, like I'll just, you know, I still call everybody a GM for right. easy shorthand, but it really amounts to who's the chief decision maker right in each front office. That's really you know, what you're trying to boil it down to. It would be nice if that was all standardized because mm -hmm. what you get, what you get is you get like the guys who covered that team specifically, you know, if you say, Oh, he's the GM. Well, no, not really. He's the, <laughs> yeah. the oh, executive vice president of, of basketball dribbling or something. You know I mean? Come on. Like we know, we yeah. know what we all mean. We mean, this is the person yeah. who ultimately makes the decision. Yeah. And then yep. takes it to ownership and, and says, will you spend this money for that's me? It. And that's, yeah. that's, that's the way it works. It would be nice if all of that was standardized, but uh, it's a minor complaint. But hey, if it gets complaint. everybody paid a little bit more, then you know, good, good for all of them, I guess. Yeah. I'm happy for everybody. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Uh, Team USA to compete at the yeah. World Cup. USA. We have USA. a number of players who are, are going to be joining. This is taking place at the end of August. And we're going to see uh, Anthony Edwards, Austin Reeves, Bobby Portis, uh, Therese Halliburton, Mikhail Bridges, and Jalen Brunson all in the squad. Obviously, there's going to be more players joining in, but this is a, a pretty promising group of, of mostly young players here uh, that are going to get out there and compete and, and wear Team USA colors and, and all of that. I think this is a phenomenal opportunity to develop. This is some fans don't some fans don't think of this very fondly or very well because this is also a phenomenal opportunity to form the next super team of the future because <laughs> sure. we we know that's that's happened in these situations before i also get a lot of fans get nervous uh because of the paul george situation mm -hmm. uh, as far as injury goes but to those fans i would just say these guys are playing basketball they're playing yeah. basketball somewhere no matter what like they're going they're going to be playing in pickup games if they're not playing here so it's not like the, depriving them of the opportunity to represent their country would somehow make them safer than than playing in these games. No, they're going to be playing basketball because that's what they do. 
They're yeah. they're basketball players. But um, yeah, I mean, Alexei Pokashevsky just broke his arm in an offseason yeah. workout. We talked about it last week. Like stuff happens. These are at least you know kind of sanctioned and not kind of they're sanctioned. Kind of sort of. And, it makes it sound like it's this like right. this yeah. this underground tournament. It's kind awesome of sanctioned. It was right. Like that'd be <laughs> great if that's how it was. It like, like pitch like, perfect where they have like the pre battle thing where they're all like at uh, the guy mm -hmm. from Arrested uh, Development's house. And they're doing the sing-off thing. Then. See, yeah. I see, I, I decided to show my age, and I in, initially thought of uh, the Kumite. I thought of uh, Bloodsport. Oh, yeah. Bloodsport. Like an yeah, underground great. basketball yeah. tournament. And, you know, oh, Jean-Claude Van Damme's going to beat a guy, that you guy uh, even though he's blinded <laughs> and stuff like that. I love it. That's perfect. Um, <laughs> of this, here's my immediate takeaways. For Team USA itself, Pretty guard heavy, right? With this initial group of players, um, Bobby Portis is the only one with any real size uh -huh. here. So you're you're definitely going to probably see um, this is half, right? This is half the roster if all these guys are there because it's it's only a 12 man roster in the international comps. So um, you know, probably at least three more bigs coming into the mix here. So so we'll see. I know a lot of people went crazy saying, you know, put Walker Kessler on there. He's you know the best uh -huh. American born center, which may be true. I I've not. Yeah. Fully admit I have not gone through the whole list, but uh, there um, obviously no super duper stars um, here. I think you know all good players. You know, obviously very good players, but no, you know, there's no um, you know Kevin Durant, Jason Tatum. There's no I'm building my team around this guy Durant. and he's dragging me to yeah. the playoffs. That type yeah. of guys, so, right? You know, so I, I think you know we're you know good group though, right? Good, good, uh, fun group. And the one other note, Austin Reeves was could have competed for Germany. Um, and mm -hmm. that was a very real thing um, yep. that he may have joined uh, the German team and competed uh, for them in the international competitions. But clearly his you know, profile and star has risen enough that he can play on Team USA. So, you know, and I'm not, this is not a, at all like a criticism of that, that pick or anything. I think it's a great pick. Hey, he's the kind of guy you need in international games that can, you know, uh, do a lot of different things, right? It can, can shoot and handle and score and get inside and all that sort of stuff. So, you know, good, good for good for us as you know the americans that we get to, to keep them here on our squad and and not uh, have to go against them on the german squad keith do you happen to know in fiba is it like uh international soccer where you're cap tied to a team once you play for them yeah you know so there there's some slightly different rules um that go on a little bit with um naturalized players and the like where um, some competitions you can only have one naturalized player which is you know they're they're not really from there but they've played there professionally or something like that 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 was a a big thing um gosh i can't think of his name now but he played for uh russia for a number of years um he was a guard um didn't it was like oh okay he was went to school at usc somebody will put it in the comments and i'll remember it then um but he went to usc uh but then played professionally in russia they naturalized him and they could they were allowed to put him in their world cup squads but yeah once you compete generally um once you've competed at the senior level um for the uh for the the national team you're you're now tied and you're you're that that's going to be your team moving forward. It was, it was a big deal. Gee, God, this is like the title of the show. Keith sounds old. Um, but this was a big deal with Akeem Olajuwon back in the day because mm -hmm. he had appeared in some stuff with, um, I, I maybe have this wrong, but I think it was the Nigerian national team. And um, there was some stuff about like, would team USA be able to get him? And then they were able to get him because it was determined. Those weren't on the senior level um, with that. So just, 
you know, something to keep in mind. But yeah, that's just a little interesting tidbit there with Austin Reeves, um, you know, with this. So it's funny too, because you see this, and I always see like people start throwing out, yeah, why not this guy? And it's like, yeah, uh, he's Canadian. Um, he's you know, <laughs> right, you know, he's from the Baltic region. Like, you know, you just, I just well, kind of laugh when I see that stuff. And there's some guys where, where I mean, like Tim Duncan, right? I mean, there's there's guys where you're like okay well he could or he could and that's that's kind of what I'm getting at too with it being cap tied like there's plenty of instances in soccer where they take a younger player that has dual nationality and the player says okay I'm gonna play for this team I'm gonna pick this country and they'll throw him in like at the end of a game right like yeah. four minutes left or something T- toss him and okay there it is now he's now he's definitely Green. on our team with, yep Julian Green for, great for, example uh, yeah U.S. men's team yep yep. Yeah. Yeah, it's it, yeah. So the, this this now locks reason he'll be you know he'll, he'll be part of Team USA going forward. Uh, August twenty fifth, I think this starts up. So so yes, it, the right. fun thing is right. We'll have uh, you know really you know something else to watch. You know uh, we'll we'll finish up the off season and then we'll take you know go into summer league, take a little break, and then come back with uh, Team USA and and the World Cup uh, games all all the way through it. So and it's a uh, well. Time's gonna be weird because it's uh it's tri hosted by Japan, um Indonesia and the Philippines. Mm-hmm. So it's gonna be kind of almost you know on the other side of the world um from us. So we'll we'll see what time those games are on. But that's almost better than when it's you know halfway or like three quarters of the way around the world. Cause then like if it's the other side, it's like, oh cool, basketball with breakfast. Like this is great. Sign me up. Like I'll be all about it. Thank goodness, because, uh, you know, all we've got going on then is the boring NFL. So, you know, <laughs> actually, it's only NFL preseason yeah, at that preseason. point. But yeah. but still, if you're looking for basketball, which I, I'm fired up about the NFL season starting up, um, get here as quickly as possible, please. But uh, but as far as basketball goes to me, like it, it, it gives you a little bit of a boost. Right. Because it's like we get summer league, summer league, like it flies by. Yeah. Before you know it, like it's over, and then you go, "Oh no, <laughs> yep, oh oh so, no, got, we've got we've got like months. over two yeah. months of no yeah. basketball though." So this yeah. gives you that kind of little bit. It's a little bit to help sustain you, right? Yep, absolutely, yeah, yeah. It's it's uh, you know, I mean, Eurobasket has become huge too, just to watch, even mm-hmm. though it's like it's not even our guys. Like then you're then you're really watching for like, oh, you know my team owns this guy's draft right so i'm gonna i'm gonna throw all in and root for that team or whatever like i really like you know, luca so i'm gonna root for slovenia or whoever it is so yeah it'll it'll, it'll be fun but yeah it's uh i mean uh, you know anytime you can root for your country i'm i'm all about it i get a, sure you know, a ra- especially with basketball man i get you know super rationally like upset if they don't don't do well dominate you know, yeah so yeah yeah absolutely all right last thing Michael Malone, we did it just for you. Put this at the very end of our show. Um, so we talked about the other stuff first. I'm sorry that, that your nuggets are not are not getting enough press here. Actually, I would think they probably wouldn't want that much coverage right now because they, yeah, they lost. Today. Um, we've got a series. That alone makes me excited. I was, look, I've been saying I don't care who wins. I don't care if it's the nuggets. I would prefer yep. the heat just because they're the underdog. That's it. They're the underdog story. Okay, I'll go with them. An eight seed winning a championship. That would be a great story to tell. Um, but I was definitely pulling for the Heat in game two, if nothing else, than just to make this a series, to make it more. Like if Denver comes out and blows out the Heat in game two, then everybody just says, oh, well, we know how this is going. This is probably done. And and 
that's it right now. I think we get to say, man, there's some real intrigue here that we're going back to Miami tied at one. This is, this could really be a fun series. And maybe we do get to our eventual goal of going to seven games, Keith. So I was happy to see game two play out with a Miami win. And now we can go from there. Yeah, I agree. I, I think, you know, we're in a spot where, you know, I, you know, give me all the games we can get. I thought Miami played a really good solid game. They, you know, made some really good calls with the way they played defense. They mixed it up. They kind of let Jokic get what he wanted scoring wise mm-hmm. while making him work for it, but stayed attached to, to guys, you know, on the perimeter, didn't get back cut as much for, for layups and dunks, stayed attached to shooters and, you know, really made it tough on the nuggets. So I expect, you know, we're going to now uh, see, see what Denver's got up, up their sleeve to, to adjust to. So I think we're going to have a good, good fun series the rest of the way. You know, this is why I picked nuggets in seven partially selfishly because I wanted as many games as we could get out of it. But mm-hmm. I also, you know, I didn't think Miami was going to, going to go down easy. Nothing I saw in game one really, Really made me feel like, all right, Miami's finished. They've got nothing left for for these guys. I felt like they were still going to be in it. Um, yeah, yeah. So we'll see. We've got unless you got anything else. We skipped two transactions, actual transactions. That I oh, did we? Tell you what did we skip? Daniel House picked up his uh, oh, that's right option, um, for next year with, with mm-hmm. Philadelphia. That happened at the end of last week. That's like um, four point so, three million. I think yep, you're right, right on it. So yeah, yeah, he's uh, he'll be back on on Philadelphia. No real surprise there. I think we all kind of thought that's the direction that would go. And then the Orlando Magic waived two way player uh, Jaden Scrub uh, today. So you know, insert a TLC joke here if yep. you must. Um, but yeah, they they released him now. Curious thing is he had a really, really good year in the G League. He was one of the best scoring guards in the G League uh, this season. But I think the reality is. Orlando probably knows I, there's no real chance for you to be anything more than a two-way player here. They have such a crowded guard group. They've got two more draft picks coming on the roster this year, probably likely to be perimeter players. So my guess is this was a, hey, we're going to do right by you. We don't really have real plans instead of keeping you tied to us on the two-way. We're going to cut you loose. You can go find a spot to go to summer league with somebody to try to earn a roster yeah. spot. Yeah, and that's what a lot of these players at summer league are going to be doing. They're going to be trying to earn themselves uh, a spot with somebody and that's part of what makes summer league so exciting mm-hmm. is you're seeing guys that are you know that this is their their opportunity to achieve a dream right is it, to catch the attention of a team and, and potentially latch on somewhere so um, it's fun to watch those guys who've been pros for a couple mm-hmm. years go against the new guys right to see like you know there's times when people are like oh man this guy was the you know second overall pick and he can't even defend this guy out of the g league well the g league guy's probably like 23 or 24 years old and been doing it for a few years right like it's you know of course they, they can kind of get after those guys so i love i love that part of it too right that's just you know it's, it's all, all about evaluation points what was it last year I, i'm pretty sure it was last year anyway i think it was with houston Kenneth Farid and Michael Beasley yeah. are yeah. playing playing. You know, you just you never know what you're going to see at Summer yeah. League. So that is that is my cheap plug. Go to Summer League. Go check it out. <laughs> if you have the opportunity. Comic Con, baby. That's right. July 7th through 17th. And you just may meet Keith and I out there. Yeah. Never you know. might. You now, know. hey, I want to say this too before we wrap up the show. Uh, Apple's new headset thingy, AR thing, is thirty five hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. So everybody, tell everybody you know about the show, so Trevor and I can afford a couple uh, VR headsets uh, for thirty five hundred a piece. We will do a live stream with us using them if yeah, if that if absolutely, that happens. Yeah. So let's yeah let's, yeah, let's get those super chats flying the walls in. And- Everything Absolutely. else will be fun. Yeah. It'll be it'll be a good time. It'll be a good time. It'll it be it'll be fun for us. It'll be entertaining for you. Yeah. 
just uh, let, let's make that happen. So again, that, that all fits under our big picture message of let's eliminate the title of the best kept secret in NBA media. Make sure you tell somebody about the show. Don't forget to subscribe if you've not done so already. Follow us over on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. Hit that like button on the YouTube channel. Let's get this show out to as many people as we possibly can, and we need your help to do just that. Let's face it, if you're listening at this point of the show, you are a real one. Help us out and get the word out on the NBA front office show. All right, Keith, I think that's about it for today. Thanks, everybody, for joining us. Till next time, see you, and stay safe.